Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello folks and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host this evening as we discuss a promising start of the new era under Philippe Clement. Here to um, uh, hopefully um, hopefully bang the drum um, of the new manager but maybe, maybe we need to work together to try and tailor expectations because we've burned, been burned before folks. So um, first of all, it's David T. How are you my friend? Yeah, well, glad glad that I remembered remember to unmute myself first of all. <laughs> um, no, I'm great. But personally, uh, I'm I'm starting to walk a bit again without a relator, so that's uh, that's a plus point for me. And no, obviously with the game yesterday and the game this afternoon, which I watched as well, um, I am quite up to high dough at the moment. Up to high dough in a good way. I'm glad to hear. Also joining us tonight is Shona. How are you tonight, Shona? Yes, I'm very well. I've had a great weekend. Obviously, was at the the B team today for the for the press, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very very positive night tonight. So uh, no negativity. Come on, guys, let's have all the positives. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, discussing the one and only Clement, who I've been asking for. So yeah, um, no, I think it was a great start yesterday from the guys. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, no, glad to be here. Looking forward to it. And last, by no means least, here just to remind us all that he's loving life abroad on holiday with a beer in hand as Scott. Nice of you to join us, mate. How are you doing, Colin? All right. Good to see you all again. <laughs> no, good to have you on, mate. Um, we'll start with you, Scott, then. So talk us through your thoughts on the game in general yesterday. Oh, well, I'm feeling a wee bit better. Immediately, I'm feeling a wee bit better after watching that yesterday. Um... I thought the the fourth goal was probably my favourite, just because of the movement I seen going forward. Um, obviously Tavernier uh, blindside on the right hand side. Uh, Canwell just working his magic for a number ten position. Tessers dominating two defenders and staying in the bottom corner. It was just really really good to watch Rangers yesterday, Colin. Davy, coming to the lineup. Um... I want to get your thoughts on that. So, it's Rangers started with Jack Butland and goals, James Tavernier, Connor Golson, John Suter and Borna Barisic. Midfield of John Lundstrom, Nico Rastian and Sam Lammers with um, a front three of Scott Wright, Abdalasima and Sergio Dessels. But it's probably more in line with the 4-2-3-1 that we've seen later on in, in Bill's tenure. Um, a lot of surprises and a lot of chat that there was not too many changes. Um but with the with the other side of that coin, it's a new manager coming in, and 
know, it's all cliche of a clean slate where, you know, the manager does have to assess everybody. Were you surprised to see that type of lineup? Well, I think everybody was quite shocked to see right in the team, to be honest with you. I know uh, I know our uh, WhatsApp group were absolutely um, boiling hot at, 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 at that. And I know one of the comments I made was that I, I thought that Clement Clement had, had watched all the games before it. He must have seen that right is they very good. But um, no, I, I think everybody, I don't think anybody had uh, failure marks. I think virtually everybody had pass marks, some better than others. I don't, I think we actually, that might have been the, the, the system that, that we were playing, but I, I actually think it ended up virtually a, a four. Four, four, two situation. I, I, I don't think we we, we were playing with. I know four one. Sorry, four one three. I think it was because uh, John Lundstrom. He he was only one. I think Raskin was up up in, in the attacking role most of the time, and I think that was a big change. That that just. I think they had, they got freedom that they've they've never had before, and I think that was a. As, as we said before, and I think everybody's been on real, nearly every pod, podcast I've seen now as well, the handbrake has been taken off. And I think Bill promises that for years, never done it. And uh, that's, uh, that's uh, the first time since Gerard, I think, uh, his tenure was, that's the first time that we played attacking football. That, And I'll, I'll admit, when the fourth goal went in, I had a lump in my throat and tears running down my face. I was just absolutely show. Uh, emotional that, that we were actually getting to see football that we'd been praying for for, for a couple of years now. Somebody in the comments has just said there's one game calmed down, but I've got a feeling that after you know after this pod tonight, I'm going to book, for my, book my flights to Dublin for the Europa League final if we keep on talking about this fourth goal, because it was a thing of beauty. Both Scott and Davey are absolutely right, but Shona, um, tonight I, I want to probably... You know, as well as dissecting moments in the game, talk about certain players and certain performances. And, you know, uh, I'm sure we will come to the other main contender for man of the match, but I'm going to start with who I would have given it to, to given it to, and it's Nico Ration. When Davy said there, um, the handbrake, we're playing with the handbrake off, I feel Ration has just been unleashed. Um, I, I dare say in the last game under Stephen Davis as well, where we see him a wee bit further forward. Um, don't get me wrong, I think he needs a wee bit more composure in the final third. It looks as if he's starting to find his feet, but I really like him um, in this more dynamic role. We've seen him previously as a number six protecting in the defence. I don't think that's his game, but I thought he was terrific yesterday. Yeah, I thought Raskin was outstanding. And I think when he goes forward as well, he gives the opposition another thing to look at when he goes forward because obviously they're going to have to try and mark him too. But um, no, it was good to see Raskin getting in the box a lot more. Obviously getting into that more attacking role. I think um, even the tackles he was putting in, the tracking back as well. I thought overall his uh, his play was outstanding. But it was, it, was, it was good to see him get man in the match. I think for me it was very difficult, wasn't it? Because he had scored two goals as well at the same time. But... Like you said, I think he was kind of unleashed to go forward. And, and to be honest with you, that's what we've been asking for. We haven't been asking for two holding sitting midfielders. What we've been asking for is for one of the midfielders to go forward, whether that's Lundstrom or Raskin. But I thought that, uh, Raskin yesterday played an absolute blind. I thought some of the passes that he was creating in the middle of the park and the tackles that it was going into from attack, um, from defence into attack was really good. And what else he was doing, he was carrying the ball a lot more forward as well through the midfield, which we, we've always been asking for. I think when we watched the what was it the PN? What was the, the goal that we scored? I can't remember. But anyway, he took on the midfield and he, he managed to do like a wee kind of a wee step over in the middle of the park, and it was him that managed to get the, the ball forward. And I can't remember was it Seema that scored the goal? I can't remember if that was the survey or the the PSV game. But like, no, we've been asking for uh, Raskin to do that a lot more often. And uh, look, sure enough, the managers obviously seen that um, within the last week. I think within the training. It wasn't a surprise for me to see Scott Wright. I don't think they had any other options, to be honest with you, in, in that kind of side. I think that's the way the managers want us to play. And to be honest, I thought Scott Wright had a decent game as well. But for me, Raskin was by far the man of the match. Um, and uh, yeah, look, hopefully this will continue into the next few games. Um, but it was just, it was the overall for me. It was the stats as well. Like, uh, I'm sure we'll get on to the stats, but um, somebody says that we were breaking records for. The, the XG that we had yesterday, the amount of passes, the amount of successful passes, the amount of kilometres that all the players played across the, the full pitch. So 
Like, I'm sure we'll get into that, but no, for me, Raskin was definitely man in the match, and uh, look, more to continue from Raskin going forward. Scott, um, just on Nico Raskin, probably the counter-argument is, and I think Aldo's made a fair point here, um, he was missing for the first 30, 35 minutes um, of the game. I don't know if I'd go as far to say he was missing, but I, I'd say he didn't really come into the game until... You know, the end of the first half, and he really dominated the, the second half. But I think he, he's still done enough to, you know, to get all the plaudits for me. Um, on Ration in particular, wh- where do you see him fitting in going forward? Because that's a couple of different positions we've seen now. Um, the number six, the number eight, or, you know, playing as part of a two, part of a three. Where are we going to get the best out of Nico Ration? I think he needs to play as, a, as an eight for me. Or is it as a box to box midfielder, or is kind of a kind of a complete midfielder because he can he has got a wee bit different in his game. Um, yesterday, I thought he, I thought the boy played really really well, but I'm I'm trying not I'm trying to curb my expectations here as well because we've seen this sort of performance happen before, and then he's a wee dip. He's still quite a young player. Um, to have, he's, I don't think he's got that consistency he needs in his game yet in terms of to be ready to move on and all that kind of jargon. Um, but for me, probably a box to box midfielder because what he's shown going forward. I mean, you seen his goal yesterday. He took his goal really, really well. He's got that in his locker, and I think we're actually going to start seeing what these players are capable of. Now. Um, I must say, I'm looking forward to seeing Alexis Sifuentes coming back in just to see what kind of difference the managers changing with some of the new signings, playing more of the instead of asking these guys to do a job that they're not really trained to do. Um, but for me, probably is a, a box-to-box midfielder. I think the boy's got a good engine in him. He can control a match. He can go forward. He can tackle. Can pass the ball. Can dictate. Can dictate a play when he needs to. So for me, I would stick to what we were doing. I I totally agree with you. And like, it's it's more of the same. And, and David, I'll, I want to get your thoughts on Rasmus because I think we've probably been on the same page with him. Where. We've been underwhelmed to him so far this season. I think we've seen snippets last season of, you know, when when him and Todd Cantwell came in, they were like a breath of, breath of fresh air. Um, Rashin, and he's not the only one, he has been underwhelming. Um, and I don't think it's just in the position he's been played. I think he has had to, I, I think he does need to pull his socks up. But um, I'm hoping that he does, he is one of the players that gets a new lease of life under the new manager. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, what really, really, I, I was—I don't want to go into. I know Scott's going to be be, be doing uh, some stats later on, but what really uh, jumped out at me is the the three attacks down the wing, and attacks down the middle, and attacks down the middle was sixty nine percent. Attacks down the 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 left wing was thirteen percent, I think. And the right wing, was it? No, it was twelve or eighteen. I think it was the, the down the down the, the right wing, but it was sixty nine percent down the middle, uh, which which I found that, that yeah we weren't we weren't sort of relying on the ball going out to the wing and then crossing it into the box. We were actually playing, trying to play it through through hips, and that that was the biggest difference. I think that that we've. We've just been using that horseshoe, getting the ball down to Barisic, and Barisic can cross it, and that wasn't totally was was gone yesterday. That we, we didn't do use that at all, and that really jumped out at me. So uh, Raskin himself, I think, well, obviously the goal gave him uh, gave him a lot of confidence. I think. Uh, I mean, what, what would this what distance would that be? About thirty five yards heading towards that that sort of a distance. Lovely goal. Um, I think. To be honest with you, the keeper needs to look at yourself uh, letting a goal in from from that distance because it wasn't that hard a shot, and I think uh, I think the, the keeper needs to look at himself for that one. But maybe he's seen it late. I don't know. But um, no, I think Raskin. I would I would whether he was man of the match or Seema was man of the match. I think I'll I'll throw the the the, the ball up in the middle for that one because I think they were both it, and two goals two goals you've got to really give the. The, the the one that scores goals, the man of the match, and the fact that he didn't cross the Dessers, I don't know. Uh, I don't think Dessers was very chuffed about it, but um, 
the way Dessers has been playing and miss hitting balls, then uh, then he, he, he probably put it past the post anyway. So I'm quite glad that Seema went on and put it into the net himself. So let's just stay in Seema, Davy, and I'll come to you first for it then. Um, I thought he, he was terrific. So I think I think he might have got the, the man of the match um, from, from the TV. Um, TV company as well, Rasson got it from the, the sponsors at the ground. Um a terrific goal um, to open it with. Um, he he kind of collects the ball after a bit of a half one-two with Dessers. He's, he's so powerful when he's run into the box. A good finish. And then for the third, um, you know, again, getting just being so quick to react for the rebound um, after Dessers rounds the keeper. Same, uh, he, he looked a threat all day yesterday. Um, and he... I think the only negative I can say around Sima right now is that we've only got him in loan. Well, I think I, I think uh, that's one thing we need to change. And I don't know, I don't know what the agreement is. I don't know whether we, whether we can buy him or not, or whether Brighton want to keep him as a as a player that they're just waiting for him to to get up to speed to get into the Brighton team. But if, if there was a, that possibility to bring him in, then I would certainly be, be, be looking at that, getting that possibility. Although <laughs> the fact that he's playing good for Rangers will probably be pumping his price card up uh, as we speak. So that's a, that's the negative of it that he's playing so well that the price will go, will go up and up and up with the, the amount of games he plays. Shona, what's your thoughts on on Abdallah Sima yesterday? I think. Um... <sighs> He is a t- he's got pace. He is a traditional wide player. I think that's why he's at his strongest. What I do really like about him is how he can come inside and integrate with the midfield and the centre forwards as, as well. It gives us a couple of different options, and um, I, I think I think any football teams at their best when they have a multitude of different options to use when attacking. Um, but we we Sima, he, he can get to the byline, but he can also play in between as well. Yeah, I think he's very versatile. I think he can play at the left, he can play at the right, and I think if he had to, he could probably play through the middle. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think Abdullah Sima has been probably our best player so far this season, especially in the attack. I think he's very composed when he does finish. I think he scored with his header, he scored a volley, he scored from his left foot, he scored with his right foot. I don't know what more what more, more can anyone ask for at this moment in time. I think it's a priority in January, as far as I'm aware. The boy is out of contract a year in the summer. Whether we can negotiate a deal, because I know there's definitely not a buyback clause in that. I know Gabe was saying there, I wonder if we had some. As far as where there's nothing in that. But if we can get like some maybe Sam Julius director of football, um, and that is in uh, that is in the, the pipeline, then I would be asking the uh, Sam Jill to bring uh, Sam on a on a permanent contract up here. Look, I don't know about you guys, but I do think he'll probably be the highest end of our price bracket. I think you're talking seven, eight, maybe towards nine million pounds for this boy. So that's probably without with our budget range. But look, I would be trying everything we can to get get this boy in the door. I think that's now what is it? He's had seven league games in a row, seven goals. I think he's had nine goals in fifteen games so far. Um, I think Kent last year. I know everybody kept on going about Ryan Kent. Well, he scored three times the amount of goals in what Ryan Kent did all last year. And for me. What do you want your attackers to be doing? Do you want your attackers to be doing 20 stepovers in a game or and have no end product? Or do you want your attackers to be scoring goals? And for me, Sima just seems to get in the right positions at the right time. Uh, he took his goal really, really well. He could have squared it for Desert for a tap-in. And I'm telling you now, see if that goal did not go in, I am sure the fans would have been right on him. Do you know that way? Because Desert was there for, his, for a tap-in at the back post. So, no, like he took his goals really, really well yesterday. I thought... Um, Overall, the attackers up front were very, very good. I think we could have scored five or six or maybe even seven goals yesterday if it wasn't for maybe hitting the post from about two yards out. One of those ones where I think obviously Lammer should have scored from that one. But no, for me, I think Seema's probably... And he, and he does, you can see that he actually gets it. I don't know about you, but the guy seems to love it here. He kisses the badge. I know everybody says, I players do that. But he does, he kisses the badge. And uh, from what I can see from the guy... He just enjoys playing football. Obviously, he never had that when he was at Brighton. So whether he's fallen in love with Rangers and we can maybe persuade him to come up, come here on a permanent contract, that'll be the proof in the pudding. But I think um, in January, I think Clement has got to look at him in January and say to himself, look, if we can get this boy signed up on a permanent contract, that's one of the first things I'd be doing in the, uh, to get him signed up. 
in January. Um, but look, I don't know what the guy's thinking in the comments, but I think uh, Seema so far for me, he's probably been our best attacker and he's a very, very good pleasure by me. Very good. So there is a few, there's a lot of chat in, um, in the comments and it's all really around the cost um, of Seema, what it would cost. And I don't see writing selling them for less than £10 million, which seems to be the consensus in the comments. And, and Scott, so I, I think based on that, I can't see him being a, a Rangers player long term because Rangers don't quite have the funds to to pay for somebody like Abdallah Seema at that price tag. Um, what's your thoughts on him as a long term Rangers player and his performance yesterday? Oh, we've got his performance yesterday was, aye, it's, we, we, we're kind of grown to expect from him now. We know he's a good player, he's producing the goods as long as he keeps doing that. Aye, um, he's going to have a really, really good year with us, and I think it is only going to be a year, unfortunately. I just look back at Malik Tillman in the summer, and what the, the Bayern have done, they've basically used us to sell him for a bit of a higher fee. I don't know what the agreed deal is with PSV or whatever, but I think that's the I think that's probably where Brighton would be looking. But to be brutally honest, I think he could probably go down and do a job for Brighton. I think working under Roberto Deserbe would suit him right down to the ground. Do they believe he's good enough? Um, it's just unfortunate that it's only a loan deal because um, he is producing the goods on the park and do I want him to stay? I, of course I want him to stay. But at the same time, oh, it's, especially teams like Brighton, teams like Brighton are, they use a trading model really, really well. Um, look at Moses Caicedo, for example, the money he's went for. So if Brighton don't want him and they are going to sell him, then I think there's going to be other other there's going to be teams other than us that are going to be interested. And is that going to turn the boys' head? We, we don't know. We don't know. I, I, I can't see him wanting to stay at Rangers long term. I think he's, somebody's just made the, the point that he's he's young, he's still raw, he is still improving. Um, I, I think he's went to Brighton to try and be a Premier League player. Bear in mind, he had a really decent time at, at, at Prague. Um, he's done it at the European stage as well. The argument is he has to do it consistently and you know we are running and raving about him yesterday, but he... He's yet to do it consistently for Rangers at that level. But I do think he will. But I think once he does, um, he probably does go to a higher level than Rangers because somebody can afford to take a punt for £10 million a week, Um Just starting with you, Scott, um, we've had a lot of positive chat um, so far. So I'm going to open it up for potentially a bit of controversy. And... Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be interested to see what the, the comments say about this. Sam Lammers played well right. yesterday. That is a statement I'm away to run for cover while I, while I let you t- take your thoughts on it. He didn't play well yesterday. He played better because I think he's had, he's had clear instructions for a manager. And he's actually, I think, for Raskin's goal, it was Lammers that pushed the hips player off the ball. So automatically that's an assist. He should have finished that chance that he had at post to um, That's hard to hit a post to a score a goal. And I think that's kind of the story of the guy's career, to be brutally honest. Um, I can't see Sam Lammers having a long-term future at Rangers. I just don't think... I don't think he's got the consistency. I don't think the way he plays suits us. And especially for what I seen yesterday with Clement, he's looking for a lot of pace in attack. Um, just by how quickly... The, uh, the players were playing the ball forward. Yesterday looked a lot to me as if the players have been told they've not been allowed to pass the ball back in training. I don't know what any of you thought, but there was none of that horseshoe stuff for the whole 90 minutes. There, there maybe was kind of between centre-backs and stuff, but when they got to the full-backs, it was as if they weren't allowed to pass it back to the centre-halves again. They were having to go forward and create something. Um, I can't see Sam Lammers really really fit in the grade. I think he only started yesterday because Cantwell getting his back in and Cantwell's a better player. I think Tom Lawrence is a better player than him. I think Yanis Hadji's a better player than him. Um, Lowry, that's, that's, that's an odd topic for debate, I suppose, but long term, I don't think he's got a future. I hope he does. I hope he comes out and proves me wrong, but I just don't see it. I don't think he's good enough. Absolutely. I think we can all agree that we want a very Rangers player to do, do well because if they do well, it means Rangers are most likely going to do well. But David, I'll, I'll put a bit of rationale behind my statement and I, I get I get Scott's points there, but I, when I say he played well, um, 
I'm all, almost separating different parts of his game. In front of goal, he is woeful. I don't know what it is, but he just seems to get wobbly, wobbly knees as soon as he's within 12 yards of, of the goal. Um, he, he should have scored that one. He rattled off the post. But if you look at, I, I think some of his passes and forward play yesterday were, were really good. And he was involved in, in two of the four goals. So for the first one, um, it's a it's a beautiful ball and for, for Lammers and the Dessers when he rounds the keeper. It's just such a a perfectly weighted pass. Lammers gets the ball going and they can't wait for the, the fourth goal um as well. And I thought time and time again he was making quick, sharp passes, which we've not seen the Rangers um do often enough so far this season. I do concede that in an attacking sense, he's he's probably behind Jack Butland in terms of players who are one <laughs> ready to take a shot when they're within the box. What's your thoughts? Am I bigging him up too much after one okay performance or did he play well? He played okay. I don't think he was brilliant. He played okay. That was a beautiful ball by the way through to Dessers. Absolutely cracking. Perfect weight. Couldn't have got it any better. I think the normal thing for Dessers to do would have been hit it right away on on the turn, but he obviously didn't do that. But Lammers, I just find, and I'll, I'll say the same for Dessers, I just find them too slow. I don't think they've, they've got the speed, I think, when it comes time for Clermont to get in his, uh, his own people, his own players, I think I think they'll be a lot faster than, uh, than, than Dessers and Clermont. I think that's their big problem. And as you say, every time he seems to he seems to get the ball, if he gets a chance to score, he seems to get the ball stuck under his feet for some reason. I don't know why. But um no, I don't I don't see him having a, a really long term. Um, but I mean we've paid money and if he wants to sit there on uh, on on the wages, I don't know what his wages are, will be about. I would imagine that there'll be probably in the ten to fifteen thousand a week. He if he's quite happy to sit here and uh and, and 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 just live off his wages and and not get a game, then uh, then he'll be open to do that. Of course, not not be the first player that will do that. No, they won't, and it won't be the last. Um, Sean, I'm interested. Yeah, your your thoughts on him? There's mixed um, mixed comments coming through in the chat. Um, some people saying he's he's a painter and decorator. He trades. Other people saying he put a shift in, um, and he got himself a boot. Um, there's there's no happy medium uh, with, with Sam Lammers. Um, <laughs> wait till we fucking get in the Dessers chat. Um, but no, what was your thoughts on Lammers yesterday? Look, I don't think we want to get too carried away, but I thought that Lammers' performance just was probably the best that he's had on a Rangers shirt, even though it wasn't probably the best. Um, but I did think off the ball, I think he was good. I thought he was good in the tackle. I thought the balls that was playing forward. I've been saying this for a while. Lammers is not the type of guy that wants the ball into, into his feet and nobody around him. He needs, he needs, <laughs> he needs somebody to be running off the ball, and that's what we saw yesterday. I think he was able to play those balls through. Look, it's going to be a matter of time whether we see what we can get from Lammers. At the moment, he has not showed anything for me to think that he'll be a starter in that first team. But I did think yesterday was a big improvement. Whether we'll see that in the next coming weeks now, I don't know about you, but guys, we could be talking about Sam Lammers as the best thing on air come towards the end of the season. So, look, we don't get ourselves too carried away, but I did think yesterday was a definitely upturn on what we've seen so far. I think Lammers was tracking back. He was putting the balls forward. He wasn't afraid to get stuck in. There were times I felt as if in the last few games he was feared to even get into a tackle. There were moments where you were asking him just even just track back, give that effort. But I think yesterday what we can turn around and say is between Lammers and Dacers, they did give us that they did give us the effort yesterday. Obviously the application was probably not a hundred percent. But I think um, what we can do is probably judge these guys in the next few games, if they're consistently playing, um, like uh, Scotty says, I do think Cantwell will end up coming in for Lammers. In the next couple of games, I think if we can see Lammers' improvement and Dessers' scoring goals, um, then I, I, I don't know about you guys, but we can just see what happens in the next few games with the, with Clermont. I think it's going to be a totally different type of type of style of game that we're going to have, and that should suit Lammers and it should suit Dessers, but that, that'll be the proof in the pudding to come. But uh, no, I thought last, Lammers did okay yesterday. Um, and as you said, Colin, he really should have scored that goal. And, and you know what? How much would that have done for his confidence, I think, in that game? I think that would have been massive. But just going back to when you were talking about Raskin, I actually think that Raskin plays better when Cantwell's playing. I, I, I would say that as well. I, I think um, 
they're not they're not a duel in a sense of they're playing in the same area and they link up together. But I think they offer different they offer so much of different parts of the, the park to help link up the, the full team. So Camel's obviously like I've said time and time again, since we play them in a six and an eight, we're wasting them. He should be given a free roll, he should be given the fucking key to Glasgow City. Uh Todd Cantwell, he should be allowed to do what he wants, shouldn't he be fixed into a place, but Ration probably needs to have um, a bit more of a disciplined role, but they do, like, when both of them are at their game, you know, we get we get the, the different strengths um, coming in that Rangers team. Um, oh, back on back on the Lammers, uh, I think, um, you know, it's, it's good points everybody makes. Um, I'll probably concede that I'm probably just on a wee bit of a high because Rangers weren't the Absolute shit yesterday, so I'm, I'm willing to probably praise everybody a wee bit more than they're due. But I suppose he has played better, and it'll, the proof will be in the pudding where they can do that consistently and start to, you know, continue to improve, especially with Todd Campbell in front of him in that position. And Todd is the man. Um, so are you recommend now? No, oh, sorry, I thought you were. Um, Shona, I'm going to stick with you and make your way around the table then. Or you mentioned Dessels. Um, I think I, I think it's a long way back for the fans to really buy into Dessels, um, but we need to start somewhere. I was choking for him to score yesterday. I thought it, it wasn't terrible. He put a shift in. He'd done a lot of the dirty work. He, the application and the attitude was there. I was so relieved to for him to get his goal. So was he, and so were the Rangers team. Yeah, I think after the game, he went straight up to the, the Union Bears, and the Union Bears were obviously thanking him for the goal that he scored. So, look, I think it's just taken time. I thought he actually took his goal very, very well. It was an outstanding pass, mind you, from Cantwell. But the composure that he had for that, I expected. I don't know if you guys thought this. I thought, oh, my God, here we go again. Here's Dessers in the middle of the box. He's not going to score. But I thought he took his goal really well pegged the guy and put it through into the bottom corner. Very, very composed from a guy that's obviously, I don't know about you, for the last couple of weeks, he's been all over the place when he's been trying to score a goal. He's not been able to get a shot on target. He's been taking far too many touches. But I felt yesterday, the application, like you said yesterday, he gave, he gave 100%. And that's all you can ask for, for within Deserts. I think, like he said in the post-match interview, if he gives 100%, gets the fans behind him, the goals will end up following. And I think what we saw yesterday was he gave that 100% and he got his goal. And I was over the moon for the guy. And listening to his, his presser afterwards, I actually kind of felt sorry for him, even though I've been writing him off and slagging him off. Do you know what I mean? He actually has found it really, really tough. But what he has found, I think he's found a manager now that understands the fact that he probably isn't going to score week in, week out. But as long as he gives that 100% application, gets into the right places. I think he nearly ended up having two assists yesterday if it wasn't down for... I think it was the one for the, the the Lammers one. He was the one that got the ball back and played it back to Lammers and the, into the into the box. And I think another chance he had a few chances um, within the game as well. So no, overall I actually felt really good for Desers. I thought like he deserved his goal. I think in that match yesterday, I think there was no doubt about it. There was one player in that game yesterday that deserved a goal. I think it was uh, it was Desers for the for the effort that he put in. But look, it's still a long way to go, isn't it, to get these fans back on board? But I think what you're now you're seeing, guys, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we're now seeing a manager now who likes to talk to his players a lot during the game. He likes to celebrate goals. And there, were, there was one point, obviously, this is not to do with Desert, but there was one point when Yelmans uh, went to get a bottle of water and the guys came on from, I think, I can't even remember who it was, one of the coaches came on with a bottle of water and Clement took the bottle of water off his hands and shoved him back onto the park. Do you know what I mean? He was like, no messing about, do you know that way? And uh, obviously... Just a wee bit of a snippet, but the first team players were obviously in for a training session as well today. So, look, this this guy come on obviously wants to get his uh, his point across, and I did really, really like that. The fact that he was talking to the players a lot. I don't even know even the guys that came off. As a- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sub, and you might not have seen this on TV. The guys came off of a sub, even Borna Barris. He stood and talked to him for at least 30 seconds to a minute and asked him questions after questions after questions. Usually a lot of managers let their players just go down the tunnel or sit back on the bench. So, no, it was really, really good to see that kind of refreshness from it. And I think what um, what uh, Clement's just trying to instill at the moment is trying to instill confidence in these players first and foremost. Once you get the confidence, once you put it in the application and the effort, everything else should fall into place. So, look, I think Dessers yesterday probably had his best performance in a range of shot, and I was glad he got the goal. The... A really good question for RFC 56. Um, how many goals do you think an Angels number nine should score? And I'll probably um, give two answers to that before I hand over to Scotty. Um, I think if it's 1998 and we're still playing 4-4-2, big guy, wee guy up front, then your Angels number nine, you want 30 goals a season. I think now the absolute you know, pinnacle of, of football and the way it's played is goals come from all over the pitch. So look at fifty five. Um, you know, we had we had four of you know, four or five different attackers score more than more than ten goals. And I think that's the way the game's played. I think if you rely on somebody getting you goals, it's a single point of failure. Um and it just takes for that guy to go off form or get injured. And we you know Rangers are no uh, no stranger to injuries. What I do think we need for number nine in all players is even when they're no scrolling Scott to be contributing. And that has been the issue with, with Serial Dessers. We knew he wasn't coming in as a, a proven goal scorer, but we were looking for him to be involved in the game a bit more. He's not done that nearly enough so far this season, but yesterday he gets a goal. He's involved in another goal as well. Um, I'm not expecting me to hit 30 goals, but if he can contribute here and there and when he comes on, I think that's all we can really ask for right now as a starting point. Um, aye, definitely. Definitely. Seen a massive change in the guy's game yesterday. The application effort, he was moving the centre-backs about he was getting involved. That's all I ask for as a supporter for my striker is that they try and work the space a bit more to create space for others to come in. I wrote an article for Inside Ibrox at the beginning of the season and it was, it was called something along the lines of Rangers number nine is a myth. Now, what I spoke about in it was nearly every striker that we signed with me growing up had always says, oh, when you come play for Rangers, you get more chances, so I'm going to score more goals. So what I was basically saying in this article is it a myth because nine times out of ten, your strikers don't get you 25, 30 goals a season. The last striker we had that scored that many goals in a season was Alfredo Morelos however many years ago was he that he that amazing season. Um no, but see the way I seen his play yesterday. See Campbell's assist for that Redessor's goal. That makes me think your strikers are going to score a whole lot more because we're so much more free flowing going forward. But everything's a lot more open, dynamic, varied. It's it's such a better style of it. But I watch we've got a manager in now that looks as if he's instilled some standards. He's told the players what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. But what I've read up on him, he's a developer. So he's going to work with them on the training pitch. He's going to make them better. Um, so, on answering my point, I would expect several Dessers to score between 15 and 20 goals, a se- 20 goals this season if he's the one that starts every week. One of our strikers has got to date this year, whether it's Ruth, Danilo or Dessers, but the money that's been spent, things like it might even be Abdalasima, the way he's playing. He might, he's top goal, goal scorer in the league just now. So it might even be him that gets it. Um, and he's the only one that's not a player, unfortunately. But um I day reckon I day reckon it was it was a vast I was I was more than settled with Dessel's performance yesterday because it showed a wee bit more of what it takes to be a Rangers number nine. And it was a good finish for his goal as well. Davy, I'll cut me you. I can I can just jump in there first, Colin. Uh, I can 
I've got had that information for the day on yours during the week, so I've got it by, by my hand. In 2018-2019, Morelos scored 30. And in 2019-20, he scored 29. And the rest, he scored mostly 17 or 18, with the last year, he only scored 12. So that's uh, on, his, on his good good years, he was hitting in 29-30 goals. Aye, is, is, that, is that including European goals, though, David? Because I'm going on with how many like, Rangers strikers have, have scored in the league. Because of the opposition we play in the type of FIFA that we play against, that's where I'm saying that I don't think I there's think enough it, chances created, but I think there's going to be going forward with Clement in charge. It's based on, on, on season 2018-2019, it's based on 48 games, so I would imagine that would be just the, the games. Yeah. Right. So, Davey, on, on, on in, I, I, I still think... Danilo is the better striker, as is Kemaru. Very different strikers, but I think they are. They offer more overall in the game. I feel like Dessers is a confidence player, and I think if he's drawn, I don't think he can do it a bit part. But I don't think we could. We should just play him to make him feel better. So I, I think it's uh, it's going to be hard to see how he contributes going forward this season. After as should I said yesterday was his probably his best game in the Rangers jersey. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, I, I agree with you full-heartedly that, that Ruth and Daniel are, are better players, in, in my view. I think that uh, he just looks so stiff, doesn't he? That's a, that, that's a, a lot of the problem. He just look, looks like he can't run. Um, so I think I think Daniel will, will, will give you far more chasing back, putting defenders under pressure. I think we'll get a lot more, although he, he, uh, Dessa's done that quite good, admittedly, yesterday or Saturday. And I think, I think, yeah, when he was a bit of a he was he came off the bench. When he scored all the goals for Feyenoord, he came off the bench nearly every game. So maybe maybe he scores better when when teams are actually getting tired. And that's that's probably the big thing. I mean, everybody talks you a great year at Feyenoord, but virtually all his goals he came off the bench and uh, and, and scored them. Feyenoord had him as a, a second striker, so that, that that that's probably the way we'll go as well. That he'll be on the bench and come off the bench uh, later in the game. But I don't see him. I don't once Danilo is fit. I don't see him putting Danilo out of the team. To be honest with you, I think uh, because I think Danilo is a far better goal scorer. And he's sort of approved it already. And of course, he looks cool as fuck with his Batman mask on. Um, long term listeners know I'm a big geek for all things like superheroes, so I'm all for it. Even if he, even if he recovers, I fully expect him to be wearing, um, wearing the mask and maybe even a cape further into the season. Um, Shona, I'm going to come to you on the subs then. So um, we spoke about Todd Campbell and how he's. Oh, just wonderful at everything he does. Um, there's been a lot of chat around some of the other subs as well, and I want to I want to get everybody's thoughts on Ross McCausland and Red Van Yilmaz. Um, I'm going to start with you with Red Van Yilmaz. Some mixed um, some mixed comments around the left back position. Uh, a lot of people saying Bonabarisic was garbage yesterday, but I don't really <laughs> I don't think he was on the pitch long enough to be good or bad. Um, I don't really see the issue with Borna yesterday. Um, Yilmaz came on, made a few mistakes early on in the game, but he, he did, uh, I think he did grow into it and eventually got pass marks. Um, my worry about the left-back position is uh, Michael Beale made the decision not to include Yilmaz in the European squad. So Thursday, if Borna has got an actual injury, um, there's, I don't know, you might be in with a shout with playing left-back. What's your thoughts on the left-backs you seen yesterday? First minute, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was at the game. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was at the game yesterday, and I noticed basically after the first minute that Bonner started to well started pulling his hamstring or his thigh, one of the two, and I think obviously he tried to carry on within the game, and I think it must have taken its toll when they obviously when he had to come off injured. So it's not going to be ideal, guys, when we're going into the European game midweek because I was watching Adam Devine today, and he was at fault for three goals in the B team. So. I don't think Adam Devine's going to be ready. So for me, it's got to be uh, Sterling because Balogun 
would have played maybe if you had to and the likes of left back maybe ben davis i don't know if he could possibly play there as well so but that's obviously taking a risk and putting one of your center halves in there and if they get injured then you're only left with one one fit center half so look that's up to the manager now to look at these things that i haven't seen uh, sterling in the last couple of weeks i don't really know what's going on he wasn't in the team at the weekend so does that mean he's injured nobody's really said much about him um, but look, I thought eh, when Yelmaz came on, he took a wee while to get into the game, made a couple of mistakes. But I actually thought when he actually came into the game, I thought we were able to get a lot more attackers up front because he was actually pull, pulling the guys um, away from the, the defence. And I thought as well, when he was going forward, he was putting a lot more direct passes through, um, unlike Borna, where Borna obviously just takes a ball down the wing and then puts in a cross. But I think that's what Raskin really needs to work on. I think if he gets down to the byline, I think there was one or two times when he did get down to the byline. He, did, he hit the first man, so I think um, that's something he's going to have to work on is his, is, a, is his crossing ability and obviously making those chances when you get down there. Because there's no point in having a guy that makes all those yards right down to the bottom of the pitch and it ends up going out or it doesn't even it hits the first man. It just it just becomes defeatist with that that with that um, that kind of attack. Um, so no, for me, I think um, the the manager is going to have a massive headache come the week, come Thursday if. Um, if obviously Borner's not fit. So look, guys, I don't know what the guys in the comments think, but for me, I think you've got to put in Sterling in there. Um, otherwise, you're only left with Ben Davis. But Ben Davis can play left back. Just haven't seen him play there for us before. So I don't know whether that'll be a risk that the manager will want to take. But like, this is the headaches that the manager's going to have. And I think that's why, obviously, he played Scott right yesterday. The just amount of injuries that we've got is unbelievable. Like, I was talking to David McCallum today about Zach Lovelace, and there's absolutely no way that that guy knows any chance of his return yet which is just really bad you know what i mean we should have an update as to when likely when we're going to have maybe the likes of lovelace back so for me it's going to be a uh, precautionary because i think this manager does not like to play players unless they're 100 percent so if borna has got a niggle i can't see him playing on thursday night guys so and adam divine for me was not good enough today and i think the b team have got a game set up as well for midweek so uh I think that's just down for the manager to see that from now on. But uh, look, it's going to be a tough one for the manager, isn't it, on Thursday night as to who he picks. But do you know what? After watching yesterday's performance in Clermont, we trust. Scott, there was a lot of clamour um, uh, around getting Ross McCausland in, in the first team and uh, in the starting lineup yesterday, sorry, and I'll be honest, I was one of them. I was quite surprised to see Scott Wright ahead of him. And like listeners and all, you all know I'm not I'm not usually one for a knee jerk reaction and say, oh just play all the young players because everybody else is pish. But I think Ross McCausland has done enough um in both the B team games and the cameos he's had for the first team to deserve a start. Um but fair enough the manager went with Scott Wright he, you know, Scott Wright done okay. I thought McCausland looked really promising when he came on, and Nico Raston should have got a second um, with that ball through that he played yesterday. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on McCausland breaking through? Been uh, a right wing position rules has been an absolute headache for years now. Um, I'm 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 going to say it yet again that. Lovelace and McCausland against St Murn showed Mare in that position, but anybody's done all season. Um, I'm, I'm always going to vote for youth to get a chance. Um, I've, I've just seen Ian Thompson's comment, and I think McCausland is good enough. Um, I don't think there's been enough. You can't judge these boys just by what you're seeing with B team football because not everybody gets access to see B team games. So, until they're thrown into the thick of the action, that's when you're going to find out what these boys are made of. There's too much wrong with the youth system in terms of giving players a chance. And I hope Clement is going to be one of the, what, the, the guy to, to break that uh, curse, if you want to call it. Um, because I do think there is some hidden gems in that academy that can come in and can save us a bit of money and replace potential players that that go out. I mean, I've been saying from the beginning of the season that if Raskin was to get sold in maybe a year or two, then Bailey Rice is there just to step up and take Jersey. I think that should be the idea going on behind the scenes at the club. Um, so I, for me, it's 100% McCausland should have started yesterday because I don't feel we've seen Scott Wright for too long now 
and I don't think he's good enough to be a Rangers player. He's not got it. He's far too inconsistent. Um, all he does is run into people 24-7. Um, he's, he's not my type of player. and never really has been, to be brutally honest with you. Um, so I would I would have went for McCausland yesterday, but a manager does a manager makes the makes the calls, come off for him, fair enough. Um but um I I would, I would go McCausland all of these for the rest of the season in that position for me honest. Davy, also Euro man in the continent, a foreign correspondent. I want to ask you about the, the youth team in general. Scott made a very good point there about, you know, no everybody gets to see the B team and you really go on reports and what you read. And just a, just a wee shout out that um, Shona, again, was there covering the B team game for the Gallant Few. And, you know, that pod will be up for you tomorrow as, along with the, the women's game. But we've had a massive issue since, since the dawn of time eh, bringing young players through, Davey. Is Clement going to be the man to give youth a chance? Um, we've we've prayed that every Rangers manager since we came back up. I mean, McCoy's didn't do it. Warburton loaned young players in and done it. Uh, Gerard threatened to do it. You know, he, he gave a couple of chances. Nathan Patterson's the only shining light. Um, Gio and Michael Beale haven't done anything of note. Is Clement going to be the man to change it? Well, I brought him on yesterday, so I don't see... <laughs> I think if he wasn't interested, then he wouldn't have brought him on yesterday. I, I looked at the sort of his stats the earlier today on him, and he went since when he came on, and he had eight, uh, eight, eight movements. Eight, they'd done eight things when he came on the park, and six of them were successful. So it, it's not too bad stats for for a, a right winger. Um, what, what, I, what I really want to go back to Yilmaz as well, because... One thing that I noticed as well about Yilmaz was he got in front of the goal actually a couple of times the, in, into the box and, and, and round about the six-yard area. So he's obviously looking to get in front of goal as well, which Borna would never do, of course. So, But no, McCausland, and no, we all seen what Lovelace can do the other, the other week. He was uh, probably at that moment in, in the game, he was probably man of the match. Unfortunately, it didn't go. And hamstring is probably six to eight weeks is is a normal time given for a hamstring injury. So that I think we can sort of a judge on that six to eight weeks that he'll be out for, and with no complications. So I would say, but I I think I, I think Clement's actually well known for bringing through youth players. I think he done that with 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 Monaco and uh, with. Uh, and when he, when he went to Monaco, first of all, he, they were down quite near the bottom of the league, ninth or something like that, I think. And then he brought them up to finish third. So he's obviously also used to to, to taking over teams that are in a shambles. So that that's that's probably a plus point about him as well. But I, I, I'd quite say, I, I, obviously, I don't know. I don't get to see an awful lot of, of, of the B team. But from what I've seen of the, 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 the guys that have come into the first team, uh, McCausland, Lovelace, and and Rice, I, I think they're good enough, and if, if, if they're they're certainly big enough, that's that's for sure. And if you're if if you're good enough, then I don't see why you, why they won't get a game. And as I say, he brought them on yesterday, so I don't see see them having any problem bringing youth players in. I think it'll be interesting to see over the next... I, I think it's very easy to play young players when we have the injury problems that Rangers seem to have every fucking year. When the, when the injuries eventually return and availability becomes more, it'll be interesting to see how much the youth get a chance and, you know, how... I, I think my issue has been that the same players have been tried and failed time and time again under previous managers, but we never tried the youth. So I think that'll be the true test in how how game Philip Clement is. Um, but just before we round up the podcast, just um, I cut a quick shout out saying first of all to the Rangers women. So if anybody that didn't see um, this today, that the Rangers women were away to um, Celtic at Airdrie today, and they came back for one goal down to win 2-1, and they went top of the league for the first time this season, and a point ahead of Celtic. Um, brilliant goals from Kirsty McLean and Rio Hardy. Also, I spoke to Joe Potter after the game today, and that pod will be up with you tomorrow morning as, as well. Um, and just to kind of finish on... Uh, 
I don't want people to think that we're going to ignore it. Um, obviously, I think we're quite balanced on the ground view in terms of football, behaviour of football. We've called out our own fans, we'll call out other fans. Um, there's been a lot of chat around um, what do Rangers do about the about the um, the destruction of the, the chairs and the writing on it, um, mocking the Ibrox disaster. Um, and I've seen a few comments on it saying, like, we, we need to condemn it. I think it goes without saying that we all personally, like, think it's fucking disgusting. I don't want to speak for you guys. I'm happy for you to chip in, but people to do that, it doesn't matter what what colour your jersey is. You're a scumbag. It's it's as simple as that. I'd like to, have, you know, I'm quite confident if the person next to me in the Copa Andrea was to do that, I'd I'd quite happily call him a scumbag as well. If one of my mates done that, it'd be the same. It doesn't matter what colour jersey you do. These fucking Hibs fans are, who have done that, not all Hibs fans, but these Hibs fans have done that, are just subhuman. And I, I'm happy for you to chip in on it. Um, Davy, Shona, and Scott. I don't, I don't see how it can be a top point. I get the idea. We need to raise the profile, and Rangers need to do something about it. Rangers have came out straight away and said that they're working with Police Scotland and Hibs. Hibs have come out and done the same thing. A lot of the big, uh, well-known Hibs uh, fan groups and podcasts have come out and called it out. Um, I think it's getting the, the right level of um of headlines um i don't think i can really say anything different that what should be said and what already has been said well i'll, I'll... I, I would just think it's an absolute disgrace and honestly see these things keep happening at football clubs i think the sfa needs to take a bigger stamp and ban these fans for coming to ibrox or whatever i think we really need to put our foot down I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think the person that's actually printed those stickers as well, they should also be named and shamed. I think the boy that was obviously looked on TV, I think we've got still images of him. I think he should be banned from all games from now. I think what we need to do is these clubs need to work together. What about these scumbag fans? I'm sorry, but it's one. All, I'm talking about Rangers fans, Celtic fans, whoever it is, Hibs fans, Hearts fans. If anything happens at your football club, and it's away fans. They should not be allowed in your away ground the next time it comes around. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely disgusting what I saw at the weekend there. I thought it was, honestly, it was absolutely shameful. And for the guy to print off these stickers as well, that's another thing as well. They should be looking at these guys and, and maybe searching them, stop and search before they get into the into the, into the the uh, stadium. If not, then I think we should be looking at towards banning these fans because I don't want any of these fans anywhere near my club if that's what they're going to do. I think it's absolutely disgusting. Well, to, to, to go on further, Colin, it, it's it's a criminal offence to do it. And I, what, what actually surprises me is that, I mean, how many stewards are there standing watching the other, the other uh, they have supporters? There's a, there's at least two lines on both sides of the of, of, of the supporters. Surely, surely some of them must have seen somebody, somebody doing something. I mean, you can't just break a, a seat by, by, by just pulling it softly. You've really got to, to start kicking it or, or, or do something, uh, force it. So I, I don't know why stewards didn't see it. Didn't see it. I would imagine amongst the, the stewards that there's, there's people uh, with, with body cameras on, so they must have been able to to, to get. I mean, there was a game recently. There were there was a somebody threw a, a, a plastic cup on the field, and they wanted to get the person that that, that done it. They had them within fifteen minutes. They found the guy that, and then they papped him out of the stadium. So I don't understand how that all these people stand, all these stewards stand and watching that they they don't see. And, and as I said, probably some of them have got body cameras on as well. So I, I just don't understand why they they can't get the people that that, that done this and uh, obviously get them get them to police Scotland as well. And so well, I'm well, I'm ranting a wee bit as well. See. See the see this holding up a card with stop race or whatever was written in the card. I can't remember it. It's just a load of nonsense for me. People have that, that that's not going to do anything in the world. The people throwing bombs down in each other all, all over the world, and we've got football players handing up, sticking up a wee card with with uh, stop race. You're, you're totally oh, yeah. right, David. The sentiment the sentiment behind it is right, but it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't take any action. Um, and 
you know, it's it's an easy it's an easy point to to appear to be doing something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just plastic, isn't it? It's so plastic. Let's let's all stick up a week back and uh, the world will change. It just doesn't work that way. Scott? Aye, well, unfortunately, we've got we've got these people in every support and every football team and every country. It's part and parcel. Aye, they should be banned. Something needs to be done. But I mean, the Davies going on about racism, cards and stuff like that, and people throwing plastic cups and stuff in the pitch. There's flares and stuff that get thrown in the pitch. It's going to take until somebody's seriously hurt when this is finally going to get calmed down on. And this is, I dig get the authorities, because I don't I don't think they handle things like this properly. I think in, the whole thing needs reviewed and restructured. It should be more than a stadium ban for some like that. As people's families that have been involved, and by the way, they're fucking idiots. They're absolute idiots, man. Mm. Uh, there's people's families involved now. I've seen that yesterday that's, that's been hurt personally by it. It's a game of football at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's no need for that type of behaviour. And I, they should be banned, but there, there should also be some sort of criminal punishment put on them for it. In Holland, Colin, if I can just come in there, in Holland, if anything's thrown in the park, the players are taken off the field for 12 minutes. There's a, the, the, the stadium are warned through the tannoy system that, the, the, that they're not allowed to throw things onto the park. And then if it, they come, the players come back out, if, there's the, if it's repeated, there's some other things thrown onto the park then the whole game is just cancelled and they, they'll, they'll play the game a few days later behind closed doors. But, David, can I come in on that? Can I come in on that quickly, Colin? There's, there's, there's that, that wouldn't work in Scotland because, see, when teams are getting beat, they'll start throwing stuff on the park deliberately. That's just the mentality that we've got in this country. A certain supports and certain... And our support as well. When it's, nice. They would see that as some sort of tactic to help the team to get the game stopped yeah, for 12 minutes. Do you know what I mean? I'll fill it out Scott, because you're you're perfectly correct, of course. But in in Holland, they don't when they cancel a game, they don't cancel the full ninety minutes and you start again. Even if there's only five minutes to play, the two teams come out onto the park and play that five minutes, and that that's that's always been they've always done it that way. So the score will stay the same, and the the, the amount of time to be played will stay the same, but it'll just be behind closed doors. So I think um, we could probably go into another full podcast worth of, you know, I think we've all said <laughs> said it in one way or another that the authorities need to be doing a bit more as well, and you know we've all we've all called that out and gave our thoughts on the and the people who do this, regardless of the club. But it's it's not our job to police it. It does have to, you know, something for the the higher ups does have to be done. Um, I won't hold my breath in that one. Um, but um. You know, it's a shame that we finished it now. I probably should have started with that because all in all, it was a positive performance um, and a positive day, um, just with that one blemish of um, what happened in the away section. That will do us for tonight, folks. As always, just a massive thank you to everybody who's watched and tuned in and the subscribers as well. And just at the very... <laughs> just as if um, he knew what was coming. The Blue Bells of Blue has just gifted five memberships um, to listeners. Um, this was just going to be a shout out to anybody who doesn't subscribe to the £1 a month tier. Um, just what you can get. You'll get your daily news shows um, Monday to Friday every day. Tomorrow, the, the Gallus 2, the two Davies are going to be giving you the Rangers recap. Um, so, if that's you, if you want more content, please do join on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. Or if not, just give us a like or follow wherever you are. Also, tomorrow morning, you'll have uh, the updates for myself and Shona on the women's team and the B team game. They'll be rolled into the one pod just on the interviews with all the managers and players. And, you know, we'll be back with you on Wednesday to preview the away game to Prague in the Europa League. All that's left to do is a massive thank you to my three guests. Um, I'm going to ask you for a thank, a goodbye to the listeners and your man of the match for yesterday, starting with yourself, Shona. Well, actually, I'm going to give the defence the man of the match from yesterday, even though I love to give it to Raskin or Sima, because I think the defence for the last couple of weeks has been absolute pounded, pounded and hounded and hounded. And I thought yesterday, today is the first time in a long, long time, guys, in these pods that we have not talked about the defence. And why is that? 
because we're scoring goals and not conceding goals. And I keep saying this to people, if you're conceding goals, you're going to be talking about the defence. If you're not conceding goals, you're talking about what's going on up front. So I'm going to give the man of the match to the defence yesterday because I thought yesterday I didn't think any of them really put a foot wrong. I thought Tavernier, Goulson, Tour, and obviously Yilmaz and Boner never really put a foot wrong. I don't think even Hibs had a sniff on our goal at any point. Um, so no, I'll give the man of the match. As much as I want to give it to obviously Baskin and Seema, I'm just having a little laugh at you guys, but I'm going to give it to the, the defence yesterday because we have been given that defence filters for the last four or five, six, six, seven pods. And I think it's about time that we gave them their credit. So no for me, man of the match is the defence. And just going on the, the, the B team there, I know obviously Colin, you were talking about Ross McCausland. I think the reason why Ross McCausland and a lot of the B team guys are just filling their way into, into the into the game is because of the physicality. I think they're just trying to get used to the physicality of being up there in the first team. And once they get that physicality, I can see them playing week in, week out. But I think it's just about bedding them in at the right time. But no, thanks everyone for watching. Looking forward to uh, obviously the game on Thursday night. And uh, yeah, a lot of positive comments, guys. Keep it coming. Scott. Thank you for taking the time out of your holiday uh, to come speak to us um, about all things Rangers, mate. Really appreciate it. No, no bother, Colin. Thanks for having me again. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Um, my man, a match yesterday would probably be... Who am I going for? Probably Seema. The boy was, a, boy was unreal. Two goals, tracked back. When, I mean, there was times I've seen him put the right back, left back position. He's just absolutely everywhere. He's a joy to watch just now. Uh, so... Maybe the same as Thursday. And the last, by no means least, Dave A.T., your man on the continent. Thanks for coming on, mate. Who was your man of the match? Yeah, cheers. Uh, thanks for having me, Colin Colin. Thanks for everybody for watching. I'll, I'm just going to give a show now a wee shout with uh, I thought Connor Goldson was absolutely... He made one sort of a not-so-good... Uh, Kicked the ball away, not so good. Just was lucky to get out the penalty area. But uh, I thought Connor Golson had a had a, a actual tremendous game yesterday. But I'll I'll have to agree with Scott and go with Sima as the man of the match. And I don't think you can walk past anybody that scored two goals. No, fair dues, fair dues. I get your rationale, but I'm going to go against it anyway and stick with Nico Rastin. Um, I thought. I thought it was terrific yesterday, and I like to be, be a wee bit different. But until Wednesday, folks, when we're back in the live stream, or tomorrow if you're tuning in for the news, have a cracking Sunday, and just remember, we are the people. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.